Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Swisscast. I am your host, Brother Suhaib Webb. And today, mashallah, this cast, it is like no other, mashallah. We are going to be spending an evening witnessing the prophetic legacy with Ohio's first elected Muslim city councilman, Brother Bashir Jones, straight from Cleveland's 11th Ward, mashallah. Now, the way that I did this podcast is a little different because the night was incredible. The night started at a caravan and we were all in a festive mood listening to our brother, mashallah, brother Preacher Moss. Like the lady one, even, you know, even our man's got a little sense of humor. Like sometimes it's at the wrong time though. Like I was doing a fundraiser, you can check the facts on this. It was in uh, Northern California, true story. I'm sitting at a table with a bunch of scholars and there was a whole lot of pious people at the table. I'm like the least pious person there. <laughs> and uh, I'm just hanging out, you know, and uh, I, here's the deal, I had to do a show, so I took my hat, put it on the table, put my iPhone in the hat, went did the show, came back, my hat was there, but my iPhone was gone. <laughs> I got jacked. But I couldn't say anything because there's a table full of pious people. So I can't express what's really in my heart in the language I would normally do. So I'm sitting there like, oh, shucks. Doggone it. My, my phone is gone. Oh, poo. Sensitiveness, the people thought I was going to go off. So they sent my brother over, Imam Zaid Shocker, to calm me down. You know Imam Zaid. I'm sitting there, you know, he walks over, he goes, Preach Moss. I'm like, what's up, Shay? He said, all right. All right, what? All right. Got your iPhone? He said, I got good news and I got bad news. Hey, Shay, what's the bad news? He goes, your iPhone is gone. I said, Shay, what's the good news? He goes, all things come from Allah, all things return to Allah. There's a very profound prophetic tradition that talks about Al-Akhfiya. Al-Akhfiya are the hidden ones, those people who when they're around you don't notice them, it's like they're hidden, but you realize their value when they're gone. It's not about likes, it's not about followers, it's not about your DM blowing up with people asking you questions. That's not what this deen is about. This deen is about serving people and no no sooner had we left the venue, myself, Preacher Moss, Hassan Shibley of Care, and Councilman Jones to tour his ward, immediately I got to see what makes Councilman Jones very special. Now what you hear in the background is a massive collision. A two-car collision that's not even in Councilman Jones' ward. He pulls over immediately, and what you can hear in the background is Councilman Jones counseling people, making sure that people are calm, and even scraping up the residue off the street. I saw a man who loves his people. We know that the first thing all prophets said is, Ya qawmi. And subhanAllah, I thought that was it. Like, hey, we're here, we're helping this man, we're helping these people in the street. And after we left that, something else, very powerful, very meaningful, happened that touched me greatly. Great grandson. My great grandson. Great grandson. What, what, what happened is, I'll have the hire 
Now what you're hearing in the background is a senior citizen in Councilman Jones's ward whose house had just been shot up by 12 bullets. Children were playing in the front room, the family was in the kitchen cooking, people were watching the basketball game. And she tells us that this is the second time her home has been shot up in a month. Gun violence in America is real, man. But what's incredible is what I saw Councilman Jones do is living the prophetic legacy, placating this woman, taking care of this woman, making sure that this woman was comforted, making sure that she felt served. And as you can hear in the background, there is serious trauma happening in this home. She has Councilman Jones' phone, phone number. She's able to get in touch with him. And he's right there to serve this woman, mashallah. Now let's move on to this incredible interview with my brother, mashallah, Ohio's first Muslim city councilman, proud representative of Cleveland's 11th Ward, Councilman Bashir Jones. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad, Sayyid al-Awaleen wa al-Akhirin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Imam, how you doing, man? Hey, hey, I can't complain. It is certainly an honor to be in the beautiful city of Cleveland, a.k.a. The land uh, where people are anxiously awaiting LeBron's uh, departure or whatever is going to happen. But it's great to have Councilman Bashir Jones on SwissCast, man. I want to welcome you. Alhamdulillah, man, man. You're, my, you're one of my teachers, man. You're my friend. And uh, thank you so much for allowing me to be on. It's a pleasure. So we've known each other, what, maybe? Man, yeah, we've like six years, six, six seven, seven years, years now, man. Um, we're in contact with one another because of a connection yes. through a fraternity, mm-hmm. which I failed to uh, <laughs> fulfill, but you did fulfill. I'm yeah. uh, going to get that right in and for the alphas. Inshallah. Um, but more importantly, I think we bonded, was it four years ago when I came to Cleveland? Yes. And you took me, I'm going to let you kind of tell the people the story because it was, it was a transformative moment. In my life, really. Subhanallah, man. Wow, man. Well, it, it was definitely for me. You know, when you when you came here before, uh, me and my brothers, man, we wanted to come and get you and just that, you know, to kind of take care of you and and um, you know, you asked you asked me, uh, can you go to go? Can you go to the Tamir Rice site? Where for those who are not familiar, Tamir Rice was twelve year old boy who was shot and killed here in Cleveland, and um, by by the police by the police. Uh, so Imam Webb asked to to go to that site and, and basically and make dua for the family. Um, so we went there, and uh, that, that did something to me. And you know, I I I, I never had an Imam, uh, you know, reach out to me and even care. It's, it's always seems to be a uh, sadly a disconnect between the spiritual or spiritual leaders um, or Imams. And, um, and this, and social activism. What why do you, why do you think that is? That's a good point. I, I don't, I don't know. You think that's across all communities? I do. I do think that. And, and across all religions. I think wow. that. In comparison to the black church, very active on social justice issues. Uh, not as much as you, not as much as you might think, man. Wow. Um, you know, wow. even here in Cleveland, 
you know, there's a disconnect between um, the churches um, and the and the masajids and what's going on in the streets. And there's a disconnect. It's a major disconnect. And um, that must be frustrating. It's very frustrating because you go to the khutbah and Tamir Rice was just killed. And the imam is talking about, <laughs> he's talking about wudu, you know, and oh, wow. and not tying wudu to you know what to, to, to purification of of of, mm. of of what's going on in our communities is unrelatable, um, and it's not the case with all imams, of course, because not with yourself and people like Imam Omar Suleiman and and others who are involved, but as young Muslims, um, and I'm not as young as I used to be, but we want to know that our struggles, what we're dealing with, our spiritual leaders can understand it, or at least are trying to understand it. Mm. And and I don't think that that's or maybe the case. admit that we don't understand it and we need to learn. Yes, yeah, right. See, that's wow. that's wow. it. You know? So, you are the first Muslim councilman, every elected council person, yes. in the city of Cleveland, Ohio, yeah. in the state of Ohio. In I mean, the state of Ohio. the city of Cleveland. Wow. But in the state of Ohio and, and one of the first in the country. And and so I remember on that night, you know, that was a power, that was a spiritual moment, man. That we were there where I believe he was, he was, how old was he, 12? Yeah, Tamir Rice was 12 he when was he got 12 killed. He was a 12-year-old child and is killed in cold blood by the police. Yeah. Um, and then you shared with me that night your dream of running city council i think you ran you lost lost about 600 votes 600 uh. votes man <laughs> and and what i found profound was we talked i believe on the phone about prophetic extensions um prophetic legacy and you know the prophet prophet got turned away in taif man mm. lost followers in isra mi'raj which was last month rajab and what i found remarkable is that you and this is not to build you up after you just basically destroyed me, <laughs> is is that what I've seen in your life is that loss in challenge is never an ending, but it's a piece to a bigger puzzle. Um, and I was touched when we talked on the phone and you share with me, I'm going to run again. And I was like, wow. Like when you make up your mind, stay with Allah. Mm. Um, and you won. Yeah, we won. What? We won. And 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 what was kind of the most difficult? I mean, when first of all, what made you want to be a city councilman in Cleveland? You know, I never had that desire. I never had a desire to want to get into politics. I just, it just got to a point where speeches weren't sufficient. You know, just talking and just marching wasn't sufficient to change the trajectory of my community. I had to get involved in the political system where now, you know, I have a budget of, you know, $1.5 million. I have a community that I represent of 25,000 people. You know, I have a staff, um, you know, my, my, my closest brother, um, Jahan Shakur is my, is my safety security liaison. You know, I was able to bring the, the people who supported me onto my staff and, and assist me in, in evolving this community. But Imam, I just want to say this. I want to say this to you because I don't know if you know this, but man, wallahi, man, I love you, man. And, you know, 
you were the only imam that called me. And I, I know, I know you don't see yourself as just as an imam, hey, so I to quit, speak. I, 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 know, I turned I in my kufi. I, <laughs> I turned in my kufi. I know, but you know, you were the only one that that called me, and the fact that you called me, and because I'm always trying to figure out how is this connected to my spirituality. You know, and we celebrated on on Victory Day on Instagram. Yeah, man, we right. sure did. You sure did, man. man. I saw. I said you sure you. did. And um, the fact that you helped me tie into the, my spirituality and said, "Hey, Bashir, this is a part of the prophetic legacy." That was that that was that was life changing when you said it. And I shared it with my friend, my with my brother. We talked about it, and I said, "Listen, this is what Imam told me," and I never even thought about it like that before. So I just appreciate you, man, for being connected. Okay, I know I'm not the, okay, I know I'm not right. the only. This, this is your interview, I, I sir. I know, I know, I know. But I know uh, I'm not the only activist that feel that way about you. I'm sure there's other people, man, that you reach out to and you just give a couple of good words to, man. And, you know, I just want to say I appreciate you, man. But I you do the dinner. same for me. Like, Marshall. you told me there'll be times where you've seen me on Instagram yeah. and you're like, yo, this brother looks tired or, yeah. you know, the fire is now a match, mm, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, so let, and I don't think that's what people know. Like, I love you too, oh, you know, sure. as my brother, right. Yeah, and, and, sure. and as a friend, yes. um, but I don't think people realize the importance and necessity of real meaningful relationships, mm. especially mm -hmm. in an age of, you know, likes and, you know, I got uh, 200,000 friends, but I don't know any of them. <laughs> and, and the prophet built and invested in, in his relationships. Mm. Yeah, Mu'adh, wallahi, inni uhibbuk, oh Mu'adh, I love you. Mm. So, I mean, we celebrated with you. Mm. I'm not even from Cleveland, you mm. know, um, and just knowing the efforts that you put forward. So tell us, how does someone run for city councilman? Yeah, but yeah, the first thing, you know, as you said, Iman, we, we lost by 600 votes the first time. And I remember, you know, you know, waving to the people and saying, we thank you all so much for your support. We thank you. And then going upstairs in the bathroom, crawling up in the corner and crying like a baby. Wow. With, with my, with my, with my brother, Jahan, with my brother, Muhammad, with my family, because my, my inner circle are all Muslims. Abdul Majid. You know, Abdul Majid, you know, my, right. all Muslims. And, um. There's nothing more difficult than that, that solemn moment of loss. Oh, man, man that moment right there. Yeah, man. And I know you, I know you've experienced it too. Mm. You know, where you just, I, I mean, I was just crying like a baby, man. And then to have my people just pick me up and just pick me up in that moment and say, stand up, stand up. But we don't do Remember that. Remember this moment. Well, right? Yeah, we, we, we tear people down. Yeah. But oftentimes when people are most vulnerable, when we love them, then they really become something. That's real. You know? So that stayed with me. We lost by 600 votes the first time. Wow. And uh, You remember it, huh? Six, oh, 600. 100. 600 votes, man. So then um, I, well, the plan wasn't to run again. I was I was like, man, I'm out of this country, man. I don't want to go somewhere. But Allah had Allah had a, 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 a plan. Allah had his plan. Allah. And... Uh, you know, I consulted with my team, and they was like, "Hey, man, you need to do it again." I said, "All right, let's do it." Hey, we we as long as we let's do it, and we won by thirteen votes, man. Allah Akbar. Thirteen votes. Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> you know, I'm laughing like a, you know, like you know, almost like you know, like a crazy person laughs. 
like right. <laughs> like that's right. how that's how we felt so crazy and um but the humbly the support that we received really from outside of the muslim community outside of the black community you know what i mean was a lot of support but sadly to say you know the muslims didn't support me as much as we would have liked and maybe there was duas and stuff so, so i, I don't want to you know relegate that as if that didn't mean anything but it's but but it but it wasn't as tangible as I would have liked. Who, you know? who were your greatest supporters? The Jewish community. Wow. The Jewish community was my greatest supporters. Wow. You know, wow. we raised eighty thousand. The Jewish community raised about seventy five thousand of that. And didn't ask you to sell out on issues. No. Didn't ask you to compromise your no. your Muslimness, your your no. commitment. No. Yeah. Amazing. They, it's, it's something like they invested for me, and we became the first Muslims in this position. And not just in, in spite of our own community. In spite of the, our community. Mm-hmm. And, and you're saying, in our community, you mean everybody, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Wow. Yeah, for wow. sure. So across the board, you weren't even in the traditional communities in your area. African-American. Wow. Uh, let me, let me, wow. To be more specific, yeah. Wow. They were African-American Muslims. And this is a community you grew up in. I grew up in. They knew me since I was a boy. You know, Allah since Allah. I was a little boy. Uh, so in spite of all of that, you know, in spite of that, Allah bless us to win this position. And then, you know, the video that everybody ha- has seen across the, across the globe where we, we were in city council and, you A know, said Bismillah, you know, Takbir, Allahu Akbar, you know, everybody. I, I was, it was something I was talking, I was telling my brother Jihad because he's the one that recorded it. And I was like, I'm like, man, wow, man, what do you think this would mean, man? You know, what will this video mean? You know, when we first put it out Where there. Where can people see that video? People can go on Facebook. You oh, can your go Facebook, on YouTube. Bashir Jones. Yep, Bashir yeah. Jones. You can go on YouTube. Okay. Um, of course, I'm on Instagram. You guys can follow me at Bashir J, B-A-S-H-E-E-R-J. And I'll link it to this uh, podcast as well. So, Imam, when he, I asked him, I said, what do you think about that? He said, if nothing else, man, this is Sadaqa Jariya. And I was like, wow, like, you're right. So Muslims all around the world, man, have reached out. Nigeria, Bosnia, Germany, all excited about what they saw. And if and if it didn't do anything else but inspire young Muslims to have pride in this gift called Islam, then alhamdulillah, that's sufficient. And you know, your brothers and sisters here, your wife, um, people here are a blessing. You know, one thing that a, a prominent Muslim told me once that really resonated me with me when I was in Boston. Um, and then even in D.C., without great people in D.C. like Muhammad and Lauren, um, is that success in the Muslim world is often celebrated brutally alone. Mm. Uh, success in the mus- Muslim community in America is often celebrated brutally alone, mm. um, as is failure. And it, it's frustrating at times that people will be successful in the Muslim community, in spite of the Muslim community. Mm. And we don't appreciate charismatic leadership. We're threatened by it. Mm. Charismatic leadership is a part of prophecy. Mm. The prophet was Afsahul Arab, right? The most charismatic speaker, most mm. eloquent speaker. So what would you advise? Because millennial Muslims have in America have been doing some great work, man. Um, their response to a Trump administration the recalibration of white supremacy on steroids mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. is over the last year, I think we put six American Muslims or more in city councils 
across the country in spite of our own community. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of young people now listening to this story and questioning, like, what does it take, man? Like, what does it take to become a politician, city Mm -hmm. councilman, community servant, civil servant? Can you kind of walk us through that? Process? Definitely, definitely. And thank you for, for asking again. I was going to come back to it. And the first thing is, if you want to start making a change and, and you have a desire to get involved politically, you know, first start with your with your own family. You know, start mm. speaking truth to your family. Start being an example to your cousins and your, your then 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 go to your next door neighbors and then start in your massages or uh, then start at the local libraries. Sometimes when we talk about change, we want to start, you know, with, with a million people rather than just starting with one person, starting with two people. Start small and then it'll continue to grow. And what that will do is give you practice in how to speak to people, how to deal with people, because you can't be a public servant if you don't know how to deal with the people. So this is very important. So from there, as you move along, then, then your reputation will grow as a person who likes to serve the people. You will become known for that. You become known for that. And then people will begin to expect that from you. They'll begin to invite you out to speak on behalf of issues. They'll begin to, you'll begin to be invited to certain tables to express your opinion about what do you think is needed for the betterment of your community. Your reputation will grow from that. And then from there, um, as you, you are interested in, I would say start doing some interning, you know, in, in, uh, you know, whether it's your city council, your state reps, you know, Congress, start doing some interning so you can understand the process. And then from there, and I know I'm making it quick, but from there, once you're interested, as President Obama said, get your clipboard, go get your signatures, get your name on the ballot. Um, if I were to say some things about how to win an election, number one, um, you have to know, you have to know your audience. Uh, just like when you go and give a speech. But when you're running for office, you have to know what what are your people dealing with? What do they want to hear? What are they suffering with? Our three things with safety, jobs, and education. This is the things, the three things that people talked about the most. So you want to be able to have these topics that people can that can resonate with people. The next thing is that you gotta raise money. You gotta be able to raise money. Campaigning costs money. Donations, donations, donations. So you got to be able to do that. Next thing is that you have to be able to walk and knock on doors and talk to the people. You know, we got 25,000 people in our ward. Um, We knocked on doors, thousands of doors. We hit our whole neighborhood at least three times. So we went, knocked on every door, came back, knocked on the door again, came back, knocked on the door again. But just not knocking on any door. You want to engage those who are registered voters while at the same time, and not just registered voters, but those who are known to vote, because it's different. You have people that are not registered to vote. You have people who are registered to vote but don't vote, and then you have people who um who are registered to vote who vote but only vote in the presidential elections. Then you have people. So you've got to be strategic. You have to be very strategic in understanding who are those that vote in the primary, that vote in the general, not just during a presidential election, but they are known. They are just voters. And you don't want to waste your time on just focusing on getting new voters. You want to, you want to, you want to touch the people that you know. Wow. That no matter what, they're going to come out to the polls. So, so in canvassing then, yes. right, 
you were able to build meaningful relationships with your constituency that also served to inform you of their needs because you were having conversations with people exactly. when you were knocking on doors and being a good listener. You know, they say that when the prophet people talked to him, he listened mm. and he looked at them and he didn't, you know, he didn't waver. He, he gave people his full attention. Mm. And that also serves to inform and educate you on what you said earlier, understanding the needs and making the proper assessment. So people got to go out there and be organic community leaders. And prior to running for office, I think what helped me is that people already knew me for community activism. Mm -hmm. They already knew me for marching. Before I came to ask them for their vote, they already knew what I had given to them. Right. So before you ask anybody for something, you 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 need to have a, a a reputation of already giving. So in my community, when somebody's son dies, they call me for the funerals. When somebody's son graduates from school, they call me uh, to speak at the graduation. When somebody's son end up going to jail, a daughter, they call me to go there. When 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 a grandmother passes away, they call me. So the community is known for calling my team and myself. And, and, and because we already had that history, it wasn't like, oh, when they, when they put stuff out, oh, Bashir is a Muslim, he's a part of ISIS, this type of stuff. People was like, but you know Bashir, who we were just playing basketball with? You talking mm. about Bashir, who just, you know, was at my house? So you mother's built house? social capital. Exactly. That was already there. So when people tried to attack us, it's like, oh, I didn't even know he was Muslim, but we, that's Bashir. You know what I mean? Right, right. It, that right, was, that right. became a second, that became a second thought. Rather than, because maybe if it was the first thing that people knew about me, you know, they will follow what the media says. But being that I was already involved in it, that's what I'm saying to everybody out there interested in getting into politics, get involved in the community. Get involved. Because guess what? When you feed the people, it don't matter what hijab you're wearing. It don't matter how long your beard is. If you are the type of person that is beneficial to the people. Mm. Then the people are going to love you. They're going to protect you. And they're, going to let, they're not going to let nobody harm and you. And Prophet says, Khairun nas man nas, right? The best person is the one who benefits people. Mm. Um, I know, I know we got to keep this short. But tonight, I think I saw a prophethood, the mm. office of prophethood. And I think, as you're saying now, you've got to be Amin before you can be Nabi, right? Mm. Metaphorically, you have to be the trusted one. Before, without being trusted, there's no Muhammad, alayhi salatu wasalam, right? He's he's the trusted one before he's Prophet Muhammad. Mm. I think sometimes Muslims want to be in the metaphoric office of prophethood and religious authority mm. without earning the trust of the people. Um, and tonight, you know, we we were touring your your ward, and you you're passionate. You love this place. You told me you were born and raised there. You showed me the three masajid. You mm. showed me. The masjid that you grew up in, um, spent time in as a young guy, mm. met Brother Jihad, built these relationships. But then, of course, tonight we get this phone call. Mm -hmm. uh, and you and I are going for dinner, which right. is our like traditional yeah, kind of tradition <laughs> yeah. here when we come to Cleveland. Yeah. And we go to this house, and I, I'm zoned out. I'm, I'm texting my wife. And I hear it's been a shootout. Mm -hmm. And the lady's house has been shot 12 times. Mm -hmm. And we go to this woman's house. Oh, wow. And you zoned out, bro. Like mm -hmm. I saw, like you became really, really mm -hmm. invested in this elderly woman who this is the second time 
Apparently that her house has been shot up. Oh, she has young children playing in front of the home mm -hmm. inside, of course, but still bullets go through walls, man. Mm. What, what space were you like spiritually occupying in that moment? Because mm. you, you like disappeared, like you, mm. you were someone else mm. and you were like, you kissed this woman's hand, man, mm. this elderly woman, she hugged you. You know, when she saw you, her family knew your name. Um, what was kind of going through your mind? Because we all do that. Like when I walk in to give a speech, right, I switch. I become, you know, so, hey, what, man, <laughs> right? You became, you know, Clark Kent ran inside the phone booth <laughs> and came out Bashir Jones. SubhanAllah. What, what the passion and, and, the, and the beauty that I saw and just placating her calming her down what was kind of going through your mind spiritually yeah i i just you know I, you know we were on our way to dinner and you know and and you know I, I was like well i have my guests with me i didn't want to put you all in harm's way you know but i wanted to address this situation because as you can tell when you saw her man she was very distraught you know and mm. as, as any of us would be if our house was shot up and we don't know if they're going to come back and do it again and the children are are you know are playing outside or watching bullet television and, and you saw imam you saw the bullet holes in the windows bullet holes in the staircase you know you know imagine the social emotional impact that this has on communities across this country who are living with the uncertainty of life and death this or living is a senior in a, citizen this is a senior citizen or living with the uncertainty of how am i going to eat tomorrow or you know what am, am i going to be shot by the police or, or whatever the case may be so as i was in there man i just my heart goes out to these people and to people like that across this, 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 this city and country. Some look like me and some don't, but they're human beings. And I just wanted to come in to kind of calm her down and let her know that we will be working on it. But sometimes people just want to see you. They just want to know that you care and that you love them. And this is a part of our tradition. You know what I'm saying? And, and this is something that is a part of. And as I was in there, I just was dickering man i really was just dickering i was just making dua i saw the test b yeah yeah man i was just you know saying things under my breath to try to inshallah bring a different energy in there and you know for them to see us walk in there all of us together you know like like that brought comfort to her heart and mm -hmm. if that mm -hmm. allowed her to sleep calmly for another night another week then, then it was worth it, man. And um, mm, mm, Alhamdulillah, mm. man. I, I'm, I benefit more than them. Wow. I benefit yeah. more. I benefit more than them. It Allah touches Allah. me more than it does for them. Subhanallah. And uh, with all the, the wrong that I've done and and, and do, I just try to, um, truly, uh, wipe 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 away, you know, do the good. Then inshallah, wipe I pray wipes away the evil that I that I've done, man. So Alhamdulillah. Mercy. Let me ask you also one of the things that I've noticed about you hmm. um, that I think is really cool is like you've got this passion to learn Islam. I mean, one of your uncles is a great imam hmm. in America. We're going to keep him on a deal. <laughs> um, but you come from a, a high pedigree of Muslims. Subhanallah. Mashallah. Um, but you're like really passionate about learning. So you're now a Bayan, <laughs> uh, Claremont, doing your MA, right? And, yes. And, and you've got, of course other degrees very well educated very well spoken Russia. you're an alpha 
Um, you're not a Kappa and Omega. Oh, you're an Alpha. Oh, no, no way, right? man. You walked to Bernie Sands. <laughs> yes, sir. Like someone else in the car <laughs> who uh, didn't make it. We're not going to say who that person <laughs> no, is that chickened sure, out. We sure won't. <laughs> but, uh, you have name, good reason, though. Good reason. His name is William. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that you've always seen your activism and civic duty as needing to be tethered to Islamic knowledge. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we see people who may be knowledgeable, but not concerned about social justice issues and mm. civil service, mm. or people that are very active and frustrated with people of knowledge. They feel that there's a disconnect, so they really distance themselves from, from religion mm. and get way out there in the deep end and might drown mm. or might inadvertently be giving wrong guidance. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think... Or what is it in you that, I mean, you don't have to be humble and call imams. You're Bashir Jones. You're a counselor. What is it that pushes you to be committed to religious knowledge, even though you're already successful? I don't. Even, I don't think I'm successful at all, imam. And I don't. I don't. This position is a position of responsibility, and it it doesn't make me feel any any better or any on any pedestal at all. It actually scares me. And, uh, you know, Imam, you know, man, I, I, I'll text you. It'd be midnight sometimes, man. Yeah. And I shoot you a text like, Imam, right, what's right. your thoughts yeah. about this, man? And what's your thoughts about that? Because I know that I'm just trying to understand. But why would you go do an MA in Islamic studies? Like, you're already next to the mayor, inshallah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what pushed that? Well, because Forgive I think that. No, Imam, no, Imam. Uh, I think that. um you're my teacher, man. I get quiet, man. No, 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 really, man. So what? What would? What? I, I think. You I think it's a that? spiritual issue. I don't think that this issue that we're dealing with is a physical one. This is a, this is a spiritual battle that we're fighting out here. You know what I mean? So it's not like just the, the physicalities. And in, in the Bible, it talks about it's the prince. It's the spiritual principalities that mm. we are dealing with. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So mm. so even within myself, man, it's a spiritual war that I, that I go through. You know what I mean? And, and certain decisions and stuff that I make, mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, I shouldn't have did that. Or why am I doing that? Or why am I, ah, you know what I mean? So I just want to learn more about what the prophet saw. I said, I'm, what he experienced and, and how he was able to change a whole world, not just a nation, but how he changed the psychology of a nation, you understand, which impacted the whole world. Mm. So the reason why I'm, you know, deciding to, to learn more and to, I need to become a better student, but I, I want to just study the Prophet and study the spiritual medicine to give to my people. Um, and, to, and I'm talking about the human race. You know, what is the spiritual medicine that I can give them? Because I think that people are using religion um, to really substantiate the racism that they have in their hearts or the sexism that they have in their hearts. And they use their, their quote unquote knowledge. And it really constricts the people and it pushes people out of Islam. Wow. It pushes people away from religion in general. Mm -hmm. So if I can learn a little bit more and say, hey, you know, you don't have to do it that way. Hey, you know what? Take your time here and I can have some religious backing in it. Then I think that it will be something that will be beneficial for people. So because right now I'm just saying I'm just following my heart. Just saying, you know what? That doesn't sound right. What you're mm -hmm. saying. That, that doesn't feel mm -hmm. good to me. What you're saying. I'm not saying right. that everything has to quote-unquote, feel good, but that doesn't make me feel free, this clip by that you gave. Like, it doesn't make me want to be a better Muslim. 
Got it. It makes me feel like it makes me fall into a state of despair. Wow. And I think that Muslims and human beings in general need to feel hopefulness, not just fear Allah, but have a hopefulness for his love and his, and his mercy. Mm. Let's let's finish it up. And let me ask you, what are you doing right now to change? Because it's really exciting what I saw tonight in, in touring the ward itself. What are some of the things that you're doing to kind of change? Um, you told me 41% unemployment radio ratio. Is yeah. there a lot of recidivity in this ward? As yeah, well? the recidivism is the highest in the city. People are, are going to jail, coming back out, and end up going back. So we, we really want to provide opportunities. One one good story, man, was a brother who just got out of jail. He was in jail for 18 years, um, just got out. And uh, we, we just got that brother a job, man. Now he's working construction. And what he said to me, he said, Bashir, it ain't nothing like it ain't nothing like another chance. And that just and that just rocked me, man. Years. Eighteen years, man. So we, we, we are beginning those who wanna help themselves, we're gonna help them. And those who wanna be destructive, we're gonna help them go right to jail. Because we're got not gonna it. allow you to be in a community and our grandparents gotta fall on the floor because bullet holes is coming, our bullets windows. is coming through the window. So our focus is right now what we just did, we just partnered with the Cleveland Food Bank. And we are doing food distribution every every month, feeding over a thousand people. Wow. I just just had a meeting just today with uh, a group of Muslim doctors, and we're going to establish a free clinic in the ward because I'm telling the Muslim doctors, hey, the Muslims who are selling liquor and stuff in our community shouldn't be the only example of Islam. Let's show them who the Muslims are wow. because the true definition of dawah is not just talking. But for those who are sick, let's provide medicine. For those who are hungry, let's provide food. That is Islam. Mm. We can talk about Islam and being Muslim and aqidah and all and fiqh and all this stuff after we feed the people. Let's feed them first. People are hungry. And when they and and, and, and when we feed them, then we can then they'll ask, you know, what is that thing that you're doing right. that causes you to come all the way down here and do this for me? And then we can say Oh, well, let me tell you about my tradition. Islam is what inspires this, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what happens to me. When people, when people say, well, Bashir, man, something different about you. I said, no, it's just, it's not me. It's, I just follow a tradition that inspires me to do this work. And I think that that's the key for everybody out there that's tuned in. If you want to give dawah, you want to make this world better, get out with the people and serve the people and let our actions be the dawah. Lord. Not just our words, mm-hmm. not just our clothes. Not just our brother, you can't do this, sister, you can't do that. Because that don't help nobody out. It's the actions of love. And people will say, hey, what is that that inspires you? And then we can say, well, there was a man named Muhammad. So I said, let me tell you about him. And then from there, people will say, I'm interested in becoming a Muslim. Not because of what you said, but because what they saw you do. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned to me that you're trying to get free Wi-Fi. Yeah, for the whole ward. For the whole ward, man, we want to have it award ward seven Wi-Fi accessible. Right now, we have AT and T at the table, Cleveland Foundation, all the major players are at the table, and it's not happening in the city. So we will be the first area in the city to do it. And I don't think people understand like having Wi-Fi access for younger generations is crucial to your education. Yes, sir. As well as your leisure. Yes. Um, yes. Well, because what happens is is that our students leave school and then. They go to the library, um, library, and then they, they're not on the internet at all any other time of the day. 
they have to wait to get back to school. So for those children that need to do their homework or they need to, uh, for the parents now, I mean, the parents who want to apply for jobs, they'll be able to do that with this this, this is access to Wi-Fi. And you said also the roads. In the of area. course, the roads and stuff, we're getting that stuff. We're getting the roads and stuff together. Yeah, say um, that one and, that, of course, and, and of course, the issue of the roads, right? Like we, you, you told me, that was remarkable. Oh, yeah, we're getting the roads together, man. We're getting those together. We, 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 we're, you know, another thing we're doing is investing in our recreation centers. I can't tell the young people to get off the corner, but the places that I want to send them to, uh, the jails look better than. You wow. know what I'm saying? The we, gym in the jail is better than the gym in the rec center. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Man. Come on. So we just wow. put 800000 into a recreation center. We're getting ready to put another $5 million into another one. I'm getting ready to tear down the recreation center and build a new one. I went to California, met with Lani Ali because I want to turn the recreation Muhammad center Ali's, into uh, the Muhammad Ali Recreation Center. Wow. Um, so that would be incredible. It. Yes, inshallah, I'm going to invite you out, Imam, to the, for the ribbon cutting, inshallah. Okay. Man. Yeah, there's a mosque in your area that he built. Oh, yeah, yeah. Masjid Bilal. Masjid uh, The first uh, masjid under Masjid War of Deen. Uh, Imam War of Deen Muhammad that was built from the ground up right by, here. By Muhammad Ali. By Muhammad Ali and by Imam War of Deen. SubhanAllah. Um, First Cleveland Masjid is the third oldest masjid in the country right here in Cleveland, Ohio. So we have a lot of history here in the Midwest. And, um, you know, we, we're very excited. Rust Belt going to be the North yes. Belt. Hey, inshallah. Imam, we love you here, man. Love you love too, you man. Here. I love your you, time, man. Beloved. You're my, my brother. You're my teacher. And I thank you, man, for all the love and what you're doing for our community because it's Muslims like me who are just, we don't know which way to go. And hey, you provide all, a, all out here you provide a, 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 you provide a balance. You provide a balance. So what this dean is, and you, and you make it something that is, that is hopeful, you know, for us. So I thank you. All right. Mashallah. Okay. Now uh, let me pick my ego up off the floor. <laughs> um, mashallah. Any last words of advice? You know, a lot of people, we have around four to 10,000 people that listen, you know, every week. Oh, uh, mashallah. And it's growing. Need folks to spread the word, you know, like, share, love, rate, review, um, which you have been doing. Thank you. Any words of advice for those people out there, again, listening and probably feel really inspired by where you are? Alhamdulillah. Hey, for everybody out there tuned in, I want you to know, don't give up. No matter what you do, don't give up. You know what I'm saying? If you're Muslims, you know what I'm saying? No matter what you do, come back. Come back to the five. That's what I call it. Come back to the five. It's the, the five prayers, man. I, you know what I mean? You miss it, make it up, man. Whatever you do, whatever your struggle is, come back to the five. Come back to Salat. 